Welcome to the Mindset for Runners podcast, helping you to access and unlock your true potential as an athlete. G'day, it's Rob here and welcome to this episode of the podcast. I'm so excited about this one. Self-talk, learning how to control and build your own self-talk is one of the fastest ways to improve your performance. It really is one of my favorite subjects and that's why I want to do a bit of a deeper dive in it. I have covered this before on the podcast, I believe it was episode two back in November 2021. I just wanted to give you more information and more examples so that you can take these away and start to practice them and build your own self-talk plan because it is imperative if you want to maximize your potential and really, really draw out the best of yourself that you learn how to do this. All right, let's just get stuck straight into this. So we're going to go to a uh, example of med Kevlesky, the amazing and underrated and underspoken about um, American marathon runner. So in the 2012 Olympic marathon, Meb was coming 21st at the halfway point. We're talking London Olympics here. And his self-talk was absolutely terrible. He describes himself afterwards. He was saying things like, I should be at the front of the pack. What am I doing way back here? I'm starting to feel sick. My foot hurts. I should drop out. I'm falling further and further behind with every mile. I'm already scheduled to run New York in three months. I should just drop out now and focus on New York. Then he said, you know what? I've already got an Olympic silver medal. I got that last Olympics. I don't really need to, to, to prove anything here today. Then he caught it. He caught what he was doing and he shifted it around. He thought about all the reasons he was running the Olympic marathon, all for his family, his friends and for his country. And he thought about them being at the finish line. And he said, "This I'm going to turn this around. He said, that guy in front of me, I'm going to catch him. Let's catch him. So he caught the guy in front of him, moving to 20th place. He said, that pack up there, I'm going to catch on to that pack. He moved forward, caught up to the pack, right? And for the next uh, 13 miles, this is the halfway point, he just kept on saying to himself, beat at least one of those guys. Just catch that guy in front of you. Catch this guy in front of you. And then... He just kept on focusing on the guy in front and telling himself, you're doing it, you're doing it, you're catching him, you're catching him. He moved all the way up with 5K to go, the 3.1 mile mark to go. His coach was on the side of the road and he held up six fingers indicating, Meb, you're in sixth position. So Meb got two further positions in the last 5K to come fourth in the London Olympic Marathon in a cracking time of 2.11. Now, that's over a really, really windy course in London, if you know the course. Now, this actual event is significant in itself because of what Meb did afterwards. Because he turned that race around in 2012, he went on and won the Boston Marathon in 2014. And he attributes so much of that win to his turnaround in the Olympic Marathon because he was able to control his self-talk. Now, the significance of that Boston win, if you remember, 2013 was the year of the bombing. So he came out as an American runner and won the Boston Marathon the, the year later. And he was the first American to win it you know, since 1983. Now, that story encompasses how, I know he's an elite runner, but if he can do it, you can do it. And that's what this web, you know, this um, podcast is all about. There's study after study on positive self-talk, and I know you've probably heard so many of them before, <laughs> but there's, there's just a couple of really good ones that I'm going to share with you uh, in this episode. But again, the outcome for the episode is for you to have your own self-talk plan. I'm just going to shoot thousands of examples at you so that you can try them on, see what works, throw out what doesn't, and, and keep on 
um, moving forward with your um, with your self talk. All right, so. What is actually self-talk? Whether or not you're aware of it, you're already using self-talk in your training and in life, really. Um, And and that's what we call organic self-talk. So I'm going to talk about these different types of self-talk, different categories. So organic self-talk is the stuff that you're already doing. And this is our first stop on this journey because if you're already using self-talk and it's working we want to grab that and capture that and start to use it more strategically and tactically in your training and in your racing to draw out the best of you organic self-talk is underrated because it's actually words that you're using that are already working and of course the flip side is to catch that negative self-talk that you're already using and ditch it and replace it with the stuff that is working. So that's that's kind of the first part of this is to grab your organic self-talk and use it um, strategically. Now, traditionally in sports psychology, self-talk's broken into two main categories. There's the motivational self-talk and there's instructional self-talk. So motivational is phrases like, I can do this. I am massive. I'm a beast. I got this. I can conquer anything. You're smashing it. You're going great. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Those kind of motivational words. Um, and I was just laughing at the tone of voice I went into when I thought I had to um, use motivational self-talk. Uh, instructional self-talk is really when you're giving yourself instructions. You're giving yourself cues. Uh, so it might be soft hands, fast feet. It might be footfall underneath the hips. Drop your shoulders. Relax your face. Um, and just things like these cues where you're actually teaching yourself uh, what you want to focus on uh, in your skill or whatever you're doing. So if you listen to Joe Rogan podcast, um, there was a really interesting one last week, uh, a guy called Joel Turner, who's built a whole business around instructional self-talk. He's, he teaches um, bow hunters. He teaches law enforcement officers how to use rifles and pistols. And the whole, his whole business called Shot IQ is about instructional self-talk for hitting a target to avoid what what is known as target panic. That's when you, you're looking down the scope or you're looking down the bow at the target and you start to put all your thoughts on, oh, what if I miss or I don't know if I can do this or and you're trying to hold the tension of the of the bowstring or the trigger. And he has these instructional cues. It was fascinating. It's like a two-hour um, conversation about instructional self-talk. It was so simple. The stuff that he was teaching people is stuff we can take and put into our running. For example, one of his um, his mantra that he taught every shooter or hunter to use was, I am going to shoot this shot with control no matter what. And that was like their intention. How strong does that feel? So it doesn't matter what's happening around me, I am going to take control and shoot this shot. Right. So that's kind of the frame of it. And then one of his instructional self-talk, again, so simple, was just pull, 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 as in easing on the weight of the trigger or pulling back the bowstring. Pardon me if I'm getting my um, terminology wrong here. But how simple is that? But how powerful is it? He was telling an example of one of the um, bow hunters he was actually coaching who was hitting uh, a penny, so a one-cent piece from, I'm not sure the exact um, meterage, how far back, say 20 meters, please excuse me that wrong, 60 times. So he hit the penny 60 times using his um, Joel's instructional self-talk. All right, cool. So think about motivational and instructional. I want you by the end of this podcast to have actual your own 
plan. Here's the instructional self-talk I'm going to use. I'm going to teach myself to relax as I run or drop my face or drop my shoulders or um, relax my hips or footfall underneath my hips, something like that. And some some motivational stuff to draw on your your past training and and your power and your and your resilience or your durability or something right so next up there's another uh category which i wanted to introduce in self talk which is which is really interesting to me when 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 i learn about this it's called cognitive appraisal and basically it's how you're appraising or what meaning you're giving to the data coming t- towards you from the external world. That data could be weather, it could be um, the stuff coming from your Garmin watch, it could be your place in the field, it could be how far you've got to go, but the, it's the meaning that you're putting on, so the appraisal of that data coming at you. So if it's getting hot um, and you, you're getting that feedback from the environment, um, you might say, oh, it's hot. Gee, I feel tired or oh, I can feel my pace dropping or I don't run very well in the heat, right? So you're giving it meaning. It's just hot. That's all it is. Everything else is the appraisal that you're putting on top of it, right? And then if someone goes past you, right, that's feedback. But the appraisal that you're putting on is, oh, I'm done for. I mean, that guy's way faster than me. There's no way I'm going to catch him. In fact, I'm slowing and the next guy is going to catch me soon. I hope I can hold on to my spot, right? So this kind of stuff you can control that appraisal and give it a different meaning when the guy goes past you with a couple of k's to go you're like i bet you he's hurting i'm going to i'm going to catch up to him and bury him right so you can you can change the appraisal or with the gps watch whatever figure you're getting through so you're running along you're feeling great everything's going great you look down and you're going slower than you expected your rate of perceived exertion thought you were doing i don't know 5 minute k's and in fact you're doing 5 minute 15 k's right then the appraisal is, what do you make that mean? Oh, no, I thought I was flying and I'm running like a slug. Wow, what's going on today? Oh, gee, I must be feeling sick. And then you, then you start to go downhill. Um, I've told this story before in the podcast. In 2018, the Glasshouse Mountains 100-mile race, I had a great friend and a, one of Australia's best ever ultra runners, Mick Thwaites, crewing me. And it was a hot day. The race was about three and a half hours in. It was about 9.30 in the morning. And it was already nudging 30 degrees, high humidity. And and we were all just like dim sims out there uh, in the heat. And I was running really conservatively. I was probably in about 10th or 11th position. I came into the checkpoint and I said to Mick, who was crewing I said, mate, I cannot get my heart rate below 160 and I'm dawdling. And he looked at me and he said, Rob, don't worry about it. Just cruise until the sun goes down and we'll pick them up during the night, right? So I had given it one meeting, meaning as in, oh, no, I'm, I'm not doing very well, can't keep the heart rate down. And Mick said, just cruise, mate, don't worry, just let go of it all. Let's just cruise through the day. And when the nighttime comes, that's when we'll start to actually do some work, right? Now, now incidentally, I went on to win that race. Now, that's that's mainly due to having a great crew um, and an experienced crew and Mick being able to say, hey, mate, Here's a different meaning you can give that. Um, another c- couple of good examples of cognitive appraisal. There's an English cricketer called Lewis Hatcher who had a very rare um, medical condition. He, he was training for selection in the English cricket team and he had this, this run that he did around his, uh, his house um, as part of training to get selected. He really wanted to get into the cricket team. And there was this terrible hill right at the end of each run that he had to run up to get home. And he hated the hills. And he, you know, he'd run it and he'd go, oh, I've got this hill at the end, I've got this hill at the end, oh, great. So what he did was, with his sports psych, 
He shifted the meaning of the hill. He said, that hill represents my contract with the English cricket team. And I'm going to get up that every time, not stop running. I'm going to get to the top because that represents my contract. And that's the meaning that he gave that hill to reframe it, uh, to reframe that cognitive appraisal. So I really want you to start thinking about how you can reframe the data that's coming to you. In the 2021 Coast to Cozzy, um, I... I didn't have all this information and, and as I was running around the big jack uh, area, so around about 56k into the race, um, I remember looking at, down at my watch, and I, which I'd been doing t- far too much, which is actually unlike me to be honest, but I was looking down at my watch and I knew I was behind the splits that I wanted and I knew I was behind the, 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 my, my PB which I was trying to beat and it was getting me down, absolutely getting down. I wasn't able to reframe it in my head and I didn't have these tools preloaded and pre-populated. And so I ended up taking off my watch, going up Big Jack Mountain, giving it to my crew and said, I don't want to wear that anymore. Now, while that worked in the race and I was able to get back into mindful running and, and being in the moment, I needed a better strategy in that time than to, to just to, to take off my watch. And that's what I want for you. I want you to have this stuff um, loaded and ready to go. Um, the question we always get is, what's the difference between self-talk and thinking? Well, if you think of it like this, thoughts are happening. So they're just kind of, sometimes in psychology, they call them ants, automatic negative thoughts, but they can just be automatic thoughts as well. They're just, they're just coming into your head and over and over and over. Can you change them? Yes, you can change them. You can you know, work deeper on yourself, become more aware of your beliefs, your core beliefs, and, and change these and challenge those, and they'll change the thoughts that are automatically populating in your head. But, um, and you can see my coach Claudine Chi's work on this for more information. Uh, but if you just think about thoughts are kind of automatically happening in your head and self-talk is something that you do, right? Something you've already got planned or you're using to either talk back to those thoughts or um, to, you know, to, to negate them or reframe them or change them or just to kind of drown them out. Uh, right, so I'm going to keep on moving. I've got so much to get through in this one. Let's talk about some some negative self-talk examples just so you can get that into your mind of, of the, the category that your, your negative self-talk might be falling into. If you're focusing on the past and the future, it, it might be an example such as, oh, I raced so bad last time I was here, or this is not my favorite place to race, or I don't like this course, or I don't like this area, right? So if it's that, you, you've got to Find something to reframe and get out of that past or future thinking. Focusing on your weaknesses during competition, right? So if you're a swimmer and you're doing the individual melody where you're doing the four different strokes, the, the, the swimmer might say something like, oh, I should scratch from this melody because my butterfly has been horrible lately. Or my start is slow, so I'm not going to do well in this, in this race. Right? So you're focusing on the weaknesses um, and, and putting all of your attention onto that. If you focus on an outcome, you might say something like, I must win this, or I have to make the cutoff, or I have to do this, uh, PB, for example. If you're focusing on uncontrollable factors, you might say something like, I hate running when it's cold. I hate it when it's raining. Or, um, oh, this delayed start is going to really mess up my preparation. Right? I never swim well in lane eight, for example. Right. So these are things that you can't control, yet you're focusing on them and generating self-talk around them. Another example, you might be demanding perfection. So you must, you might say something like, I'd better swim a PB today or I'd, I'd better run you know, my fastest time here today. And, and, and you're, trying to, you're putting pressure on yourself um, 
to to be a, to be perfect um, without you know demanding that outcome instead of focusing on things you can control and the um, the process. Next thing I want to cover: negative self talk versus neutral self talk versus positive self talk. Right. So does positive self-talk make the difference or is it avoiding negative self-talk, right? Interesting. Let's go. A 2022 study from the University of Newfoundland took 29 athletes and gave them self-talk training on a one-hour treadmill at a moderate intensity. Right. So these 29 athletes jump on the treadmill. The first third of them um, had used... Sorry, I'm reading this, so um, my writing's terrible. <laughs> the positive self-talk they came up with with themselves in training. So this is the, the stuff they'd already been practicing in training, maybe organic self-talk, and they were using that positive self-talk um, on the treadmill. The second third were given negative self-talk statements, such as my energy feels low or I want to quit. Right? They were actually given those statements from the researchers and said, you have to say this to yourself X number of times as you're on the treadmill. And the last third of the group were given um, something neutral. It was quite interesting. An audio documentary from Dr. Stephen Hawking called Master of the Universe. They were listening to that on the treadmill as to create a neutral distraction. Now, the results showed there were no difference between the positive and the neutral self-talk categories. Interesting, right? But the negative had a higher rate of perceived exertion, um, which means basically the workout felt harder than it should have. They had a faster breathing rate. They had high levels of cortisol, which is a stress hormone um, in their saliva. And really, that that study was indicative that negative self-talk can cause anxiety and reduce performance. And the neutral, in fact, listening to Dr. Stephen Hawking's, had the same outcome as the positive self-talk. So what does that mean for you? If you can identify that you're using negative self-talk and you're not that kind of person who just wants to shift it to positive, then go halfway and just find something neutral. And that could be a mindfulness technique or it could be you know, maybe some instructional self-talk, but just to get yourself out of the negative side um, without having to go all rah, rah, and, you know, I am the best in the universe, that kind of stuff. Right. Um, but what they, what the, the um, researchers also said was distraction's not really going to help you at the four-kilometer mark of a 5K effort or at the, you know, 35K of a hard marathon when you're really going for it. So that's where they're saying, you know, the neutral might be good for at a, at a moderate intensity, but if you're really on the hammer, on that knife edge, you need to have... Um, some positive stuff to get you across that line when it is hurting like you're burning up. Paula Radcliffe, one of my favorite ever marathoners, she was in the 2003 London um, Marathon. This is where she set the world record by five minutes, right? Unbelievable run in this thing. Now, she was in agony. She was, she was running the London Marathon and she was going for it, but she's even said in her own voice, you know, I, I, I was fading and I, I, was, I thought, I'm done here, I'm done for here. Um, then she passed Tower Bridge and she knew there was half an hour to go, right? So that's external feedback. Think about the cos- cognitive appraisal. She said, I can run for, an, for um, half an hour, no worries at all. And she counted in tens for that half an hour just to avoid the negative self-talk. So she didn't go all rah-rah positive. She said, I can run for half an hour. And so she just counted in tens for the 30 minutes and she attributed that to getting her across the line. So what I'm saying is it doesn't have to be this fancy, you know, convoluted, all this complicated self-talk. Counting to 10 can be enough to get you out of that downward spiral created by negative 
self-talk. Um, and if you still aren't convinced that there's something in this for you, um, Alex, Alex Hutchinson in his awesome book called Endure um, tells a story of 10 elite cyclists who were given positive self-talk training and in this study, and nine of them improved their performance over the duration of the study, but one guy didn't, right? So I'm not going to go into the study. It's not really important. The important thing is that after six months, he rang back the... Um, the researchers and said, I've got it. I finally got out, got my self-talk. Now, a little bit of background. This guy was an elite mountain biker who hated hills. Go figure, right? <laughs> so he's in this study. Everybody else has all these great outcomes from the self-talk. He doesn't. Six months later, he rings the researchers and said, I've got it. I've worked it out. And he was really excited, they said. He said, what I do now is I yell out my self-talk to the other competitors on the course or my other training buddies as I'm going through it and I project it out onto them. So he's riding along and he says things like, you suck at hills. Hills are terrible. You guys suck at climbing. You look horrible. And he, he will say it out loud. Now, this is unbelievable for me from an awareness perspective because the first step to changing and, and taking ownership of your self-talk is awareness. And that's what this guy did. He was able to be aware of that negative self-talk. And it, you know, he, for him, it wasn't reframing it or coming up with something else. He was just verbalizing it and saying that to, um, to his competitors. All right, let's move on to the next topic, which I think is really fascinating and something you can do straight away. That's the I versus you. Now, what do I mean by this? When you're using self-talk, Study after study after study after study shows that if you can talk in the second person or the third person instead of the first person, you will have a higher benefit from your self-talk. Now, that means instead of saying, I've got this or I'm doing great or I'm wonderful, if you say you've got this, you've got that, you're wonderful, you're smashing this, you use the you, which is second person or the third person, like your name. So for me, my name's Meso, so or just use the name Rob. Rob, you're doing great. Rob, you're smashing this. Rob, look at you go. And, and you can use those things. Now, there's so many good research topics. I'll take one from Bangor University in Wales. They had 24 cyclists who rode at 80% of their peak power for as long as possible. And most people can sustain this for around about 10 minutes, they say. So over the next two weeks, half the group received training in self-talk. And what they did was they got them to use the second person self-talk. And the other group um, didn't get any, pardon me, they, they didn't get any um, self-talk training at all. Now, the self-talk group had an 18% increase longer in their second than their first. Now, these researchers were doing, that's, that's a lot, right? 18%. The researchers were doing lots of self-talk studies. This is the, the, the critical one that they found um, makes the difference with you versus I. So for me, when you're saying you, it's like somebody else is talking to you. Now, I like to think I've got like a little team in my head. I've got, you know, like I've got a coach, I've got a sports psych or a mental skills expert. I've got my training buddies. I've got fans or friends up there and they're the ones that are speaking to you. And that's why that you is such a powerful statement because it's like it's coming from somewhere or someone else. So try it in your self-talk. Whatever statement you're using, shift it from the I to the you or to your name. Let's have a sip of water. All right. So I'm hoping by now you're already starting to put together some phrases. I'm just going to throw a whole bunch of phrases at you, which you can use um, 
and just take it or leave it. Some of them you'll go, oh, that's ridiculous, Rob. I'm never going to say that to myself. And others you're like, oh, that actually feels good or I might give that a shot. There's no right or wrong. Just give it a shot. Take it in your training and start to use this stuff. So remember, step one is going to be catch your current self-talk. And then step two is going to be putting your new, your new self-talk. It's really simple. It sounds really simple. It can be hard to do. And, and just the more intensity you've got, the more actual self-talk you'll find you um you you produce all right so let's go to some examples that i've got um from way different uh, i've got try to get across all sports here just to give you a good kind of um cross section so let's go to ryan hall so ryan hall one of the america's best ever runners i think or i think until recently he still had the american um personal best for a marathon he said one of my favorites is simple but effective it's hard to think too deeply when i'm going into the well so i just tell myself over and over again you're doing great right this is from one of the greatest ever u.s marathoners you're doing great ellie greenwood absolute legend of a runner um 100k world champion uh western states 100 mile champion incredible pedigree she's a coach now as well one of my favorite mantras is tough times don't last but tough people do she said, there can be highs and lows in ultra, and I like to think of myself as tough, which is why I like this saying. All right. Uh, another uh, American 1,000-meter uh, champion, Janet Sherabon Borkom. My positive self-talk is usually me flashing back to the training I've done, the workouts that went well and showed me that I'm ready to accomplish whatever the day's task is. Right? So she's using visualization, but she's also saying to herself something like, Look what I did in the past. That means I can do this in the future. Right? I've done this before, so I can do it again on race day. Um, Tyler Pennell, again, a 2014 US National Marathon champion. Um, one of the standard mantras I use is stay relaxed. I like this one because it gets me to focus on relaxing and running. So she, she says, relax at 95% rather than straining at 100%. How good is that? Carl Metzer, aka the Speed Goat, winners won so many 100 mile races, he's just a beast. He says, one of the things I'm, I always tell myself if I'm not feeling so well or not doing so well is, who gets to do this? I'm in the woods or the mountains while other people are at work. I'm playing around. Ian Sharman, again, I mean, he's had more top 10 finishes in, um, in the Western States 100 miler than anyone else. He's just a consistent legend ultra runner. Um, he says, if someone's on my heels or just ahead, then I keep repeating in my head, just keep pushing it, just keep pushing it, just keep pushing it. And, and that's how he gets through. Again, how simple is this stuff, right? Um, he says, when I feel exhausted and there's still so far to go, I remind myself that this is what all the hard training is for, to be able to close out races and not fade. I repeat to myself that this is where the memories will be made and that I can either look back on it now and know I gave up or look back and know I gave it everything, right? Uh, Annie Bersagel, the 2013 National Marathon Champion, uh, and Dusseldorf uh, Marathon Champion as well. One of my fra phrases my college coach taught me is calm confidence. It's a helpful mantra on the starting line and in the first few minutes. One more example, um, Craig Leon, um, another marathoner. I'll focus on a lyric or line to a particular song and might replay that in my head along with the song's beat as a way of keeping certain cadence. And then he also has an um, instructional self-talk. He says, uh, the cues of my coach will say to me during a workout, like, relax, light hands, head forward, quick feet. Um, let's go outside of running. So Faith Dickey, she's a professional highliner, and she actually uh, appeared on that, um, there's a documentary on Disney uh, called Limitless with Chris 
Hemsworth. Really good stuff if you watch that for self-talk. She's up on the wire over this huge canyon in the desert in the USA, and you can, you can hear her saying to herself, you've got this. And she just says, come on, come on, in that phrase, right? Really gentle, come on, just breathe. And she's just saying this to herself as she's like, I don't know how far above the desert floor. Um, she says, relax, you've got this. She also chunks down her walk into, into sections across the wire so she's not thinking about the whole thing, which is what we do in ultra running as well. And she says things like one foot in front of another. And that's, this is as simple as this stuff really is. Okay, next piece I want to give you. Hopefully you grab one or two of those things. I want you to understand how your brain works um, and start to build self-talk around that. So if you have a strong tendency of comparison, so you compare yourself to other people, other athletes, you, know, um, you can build phrases like, no one else is out doing this today. No one else is up this early training. I go the extra mile where other people don't. This is not about them. This is about me, right? So you're using your comparison to to build your self talk, right? Um, if you if you're highly doubtful, you doubt your abilities. The best way to do it with your self talk is to what we call pace the doubting. Now, what that means is have empathy for the doubting and meet the doubting where it is. So you might be like, oh, "I'm not sure if I can do this," or you know, "I don't know if I'm good enough for this." And and you, that's just that's your thoughts. Your self talk can pace it. So you say, "Yeah, I know you're doubting this, Meso." But you're getting better. You know, this run's making you stronger. And all great athletes doubt themselves. Right? So you're not combating it. So Steve Waugh used to say, Steve Waugh's training cricketer, used to say, I pictured I had two a bo- two boxes in my head. One was a positive self-talker and one was a negative. And they were always fighting with each other. And so he, that's how he built the image up in his brain, right? Um, so that's if you're doubting. If your brain wants proof, of why you, you know, if you, you're going to say, oh, I'm, I'm just a legend, and your brain goes, yeah? Well, what makes you think that? Or prove it to me, or show me why you're a legend. Show me why you're tough. Show me why you can do anything. Show me why you can do hard things. Then you need to go back and build a case like you're a lawyer for that. And then you say, well, I can do hard things because I've done this in the past. You know, I grew up in this type of household, or I've done this race, or I've finished this job or degree or whatever and that's why i can get through this as well right that's what you want to do when you when your um brain wants proof now if you are really on the hammer if you are really going for it and it's hurting like hell try some of these ones that i use you won't remember this pain tomorrow meso you won't remember this pain in five minutes no one else can hurt like me my ability to endure pain sets me above the above the rest pain sets me free this pain makes me stronger, makes me more durable, makes me more resilient. How much can I hurt today? If you've got an analytical brain, go back to that instructional self-talk. Focus on form and efficiency. And you can say something like, form and economy is how I produce a PB. And just go back to instructional cues, pardon me. Um, if you're motivated by knowing your why, like that phrase they talk about, know your why, then use that self-talk. I'm doing this because... I'm inspiring my friends and family. I'm doing this because I'm raising money for this, um, you know, this this charity or the, or this group. So really link your self talk to your why if that's what's really motivated, motivating you. Listen, one of the best things Claudine has taught me, my mindset coach, coach Claudine, is you have to earn this. You have to like self talk and belief has to be earned, has to be practiced, and it has to be built. So you've got to keep on doing this over and over and over and over and over. 
I hope you got something so far out of this. What I'm going to do next, when I was looking into this self-talk stuff, I found a video. Now, this video is from rowing because rowing um, actually used to be a rower back in the past life. Rowing is one of the most full-on hardest sports where you're on the hammer for like eight minutes, 10 minutes, hard as you can, 100% efforts. So I went to some rowing self-talk and it was very, very similar um, from the running stuff and, you know, basketball, all the sports I went over. But if I got this video, which I'm going to put the audio in in a minute so you can listen to it. But picture this. You're in a boat as a eight. There's a, the rowing, there's eight people in a boat plus, plus the coxswain. So the cox is the guy or the girl that sits at the um, stern of the boat. And they, they're the ones that are yelling, you know, the instructions and, and they're steering the boat as well. So you've got eight rowers all facing backwards pulling. And then you've got the, um, the cox sitting at the rear of the boat facing all the... Um, rowers and giving them instructions. Now, that is an analogy or a metaphor for your self-talk. So I want you to listen to the audio that I'm going to play next and imagine, so you hear the voice, the voices of the cocks. He's giving them instructions, instructional talk, he's giving them motivational talk and he's really, um, he's getting inside their heads. That's his job is to is to keep them focused on the process, on the task, keep them empowered, keep them positive. And that's kind of what I want you to think about your inner voice doing in self-talk, right? So when you listen to the audio, imagine that this is your inner voice talking to you. And this is another great way to build it, that you've got you know, this coxswain in your head who's telling you all of these things. All right, so this is from, so it's a 2018 rowing meet, um, Lake Windermere Classic, and I think we're on board with the Washington Rowers. All right, enjoy this. 142, 119, you're feeling good. Six seats and walking. Breathe and stay direct. Rhythm. Breathe. Breathe. 300 in at the two seat. Yep. Okay, boys, we're trying to kick it up a notch. I'm hearing a move. You're gonna hold up for five. Hold it now. Holding their move. Holding their move. Yep, they're not taking anything. Holding their move. Holding. Okay, boys, that's the 400. Our turn. Seven strokes. Into, that's one. Two, now. Move it. Six. Five. Bye-bye. Open it up. Water's good, boys. You're on a great pace. You're on a great pace. 121.9 average. Direct. 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 Nearly bow ball. Nearly bow ball. Stay sharp at the front. Sharp at the front. Sharp at the front. Yeah. Finishing strokes, fellas. That's it. Okay. They're trying to respond here. I'm sitting just under bow ball. You gotta be loose and internal, boys. We're 700 meters in. Listen up. Finish strokes. Next 10. Finish. 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 Okay, that's 800. Ready to sting on the front. For 10. In two. That's one. 800. Now. Break it open. Finish them. Finish. Finish. Six more, Chris. Five. Four. You're walking. 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 
hope you got something out of that audio and I hope you were able to identify the different types of self-talk that the coxswain was using, the motivational and the instructional. This is just another example of how you can build a self-talk practice as you're running or as you're training. So imagine you've got that inner coxswain or that inner coach in your head as you're going and they're yelling those instructions or encouraging you with motivational self-talk or helping you to change your cognitive appraisal. So if you haven't already, it's time right now to finalize your self-talk plan that you're gonna take forward with you into training and to racing. So I want you to pick at least one motivational statement that you heard in the podcast today. You may have to go back and listen to this episode again. So at least one motivational one and at least one instructional um, piece of self-talk that you're just gonna practice. And just practice it. Find something that feels right, that works for you, and that you can take forward. This is where you really need to start layering this into your training over and over and over. Remember the process. The process is to catch your self-talk and then replace it with the pre-populated, predetermined one that you've already got. And have fun with this. Make sure to record what works in your journal or in your training peaks or in your final surgery, wherever you keep your um, your your training notes. Record what works. The long-term plan is to have a mindset plan to go into your next event that's layered with, in this part of the run, I'm going to use this self-talk. In this part of the run, I'm going to use this self-talk. And then if you're doing triathlon, in the swim, I'm going to say this to myself. In the bike, I'm going to say these things. And in the run, I'm going to say these things. Keep it simple. Keep trying different things that works. Something that you might not expect will work will actually work for you. Okay, I'm going to end it here. Thanks for listening to another episode and I look forward to getting your feedback and seeing you on the next one. Thanks for listening to the Mindset for Runners podcast. I hope you got something useful and practical out of this episode. If you have a question around the mindset of runners or athletes in general, please email me, athlete.mindset.training at gmail.com and I'll answer your question on an upcoming podcast. And if there's anyone you know who could benefit from the information I share in these podcasts, please share it with them. See you next time.